SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So many sports, so many memories, so many players, so many teams, so many great matchups, so many possibilities. Now, are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Right here on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204, and your local radio affiliates. Uh, sitting in, doing a little NFL this hour. We got some uh, great NFL trends for these uh, title games on Sunday. We'll update the lines. We got our opposite picks. How about Aaron Rodgers retiring? Uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe. Philip Rivers uh, announces his retirement yesterday, so we'll play the Hall of Fame game with him, although he is getting in, whether you like it or not. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he is getting in. I don't think there's any question about that. It's just whether it's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame. That would really be, listen, he's getting in. Uh, that's not going to bother me just because he's a good guy and he's got the numbers. I would never want him on my team as far as trying to win a championship, never been to a Super Bowl, let alone win one. But he is getting it. it. It would be the first ballot thing. I, I do believe there's a special honor in being a first ballot. Uh, you, you, there should be a separate wing. There really should. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famers. Like these are the creme de la creme, numero uno, number one NFL players of all time. Everyone else is great. But these guys are the absolute best. I do believe in that in all the sports, whether it's baseball, Hall of Fame, football, basketball, hockey, whatever the case may be. I, I do believe there's a special honors. He does not deserve that. I don't care if you're the biggest Philip Rivers fan in the world. And maybe you guys should be the one that should be yelling and screaming about how he's not a first ballot or even a Hall of Famer because you haven't won squat with him, whether it's with the Colts or whether it was with his 16 years with the L.A. slash San Diego Chargers. So you guys know more than anybody. You may like him. You may have rooted for him. You may think he's a good guy. But you can't sit there and tell me he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, realistically, when he's you know failed every year in the postseason. So get into that a little bit. Uh, NBA last night, we had our big three, Kyrie, Kevin, and Harden for the Nets on the court for the first time all season. They produced monster numbers, 38 for Durant, 37 for Irving, uh, Harden a triple-double, but they lose. They win the battle, but they lose the war. The war is the actual game itself, 147-135 in double overtime to Cleveland. Cleveland. So it's got to be disheartening if you're a Nets fan. You finally get Irving on the court. They put up monster numbers, and you can't even beat the basically last place Cleveland cadavers. That's brutal. Giving up 147 points, albeit in double overtime, uh, to one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA. That's embarrassing. Irving, Durant, and Harden, their plus-minus rating was plus three. They were on the court together for 36 minutes last night, and they only outscored the opposition by three points. How's that possible? I mean, three of the best players the NBA NBA has to offer, you know, and albeit playing for the first time, I get that, and probably not even practicing, I get that as well. But still, 
you would think these guys would be able to sleepwalk their way to a plus 10, plus 20 dominant. I mean, it's a freaking all-star team, for goodness sakes, right? And they only scored Cleveland. Not the Clippers, not the Lakers, not the Celtics. They only scored Cleveland by three. And then they end up ultimately losing the game as well. So, tough start if you're a Nets fan. Encouraged because of the numbers, but ultimately, you couldn't beat Cleveland. Uh, Atlanta, nice win. Rallied from 17 down. Seven minutes left. Uh, beat the Pistons. The Trey Young, 38 points uh, over Detroit. That's a real good win for, obviously, the Hawks. Yeah, six minutes past the hour. Here's Truly Scott Wetzel City in, taking it right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. And so you got the, the, the Nets losing to the Cadavers. You got the Hawks uh, beating the Pistons. Game goes over, snapping Atlanta's uh, nine-game under streak. It went over because it went to overtime. Otherwise, the game would have gone under. Keep betting, Hawk. You know, whenever there's a streak like this, I know the tendency is that once the streak ends – you bet it again. Like in this case, nine straight unders, a game goes over, so you bet the over again. You know, and that does, you know, work itself out a lot of times, but I I like to bet still with the streak. I I tell myself, you know what, I'm going to keep on betting Hawk unders because until they get two overs in a row because I don't think a streak is necessarily a product of the streak. The streak is a product of, you know, they change their philosophy. They're either running and gunning now or they're not running and gunning. Uh, or you're either playing well or you're not playing well. You know, one game is not going to change your philosophy on running and gunning and slowing the tempo down or up in the tempo or playing well. You may just have just laid an egg one time. You're still playing well. So I like to, you know, do it at least. I, I tell myself I'm going to play a Hawks game under until it goes over two in a row. Then I jump off the, uh, the bandwagon. Uh, 76ers knock off the Celtics, 117 to 109. You know, they were talking about it last night. It was one of the games on TNT. They they didn't delve into it, but, uh, you know, boy wonder, Brad Stevens, he's been with the Celtics eight years now. Eight years and they haven't won squad. Has there been uh, another NBA head coach that's been as long as he's been eight years with one club and really – underachieving every single year. Not just like not winning. You could be in purgatory and, and be halfway decent and lose every year in the playoffs. But I'm talking about a Celtic team that every single year people think, okay, this is going to be the year. They got all this great talent, all these young kids. They signed Gordon Hayward. They get this guy. They get that guy. This is going to, they're going to knock off Cleveland with LeBron. Never happened. They're going to go. Now LeBron's gone to the NBA finals and out of the East. That hasn't happened. Uh, no team has underachieved more than the Celtics with Brad Stevens. Yet people still seem to think he's the greatest coach in NBA history. I, I don't get it. I'm not a Stevens fan, and last night's game showed again. These big-time clutch games, they just don't win for some reason. It's amazing. All right, coming up nine minutes past the hour, Scott Wetzel, opposite picture on Thursday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Past the hour on this Thursday, 
January 21st. Boy, we are cruising through this month. This week's going a little slow, I, I must say, but the month is flying by, right? I mean, I, I can't believe it. So yesterday felt like it was Friday. Today kind of feels like Tuesday. It's, it's kind of going backwards for me for some reason or another. I'm not sure why. Tomorrow's going to feel like probably Sunday. I'm, you know, maybe because of the Mahomes stuff. You know, I enjoy the, uh, like, I'm one of the few guys that actually enjoys two weeks off between the championship games and the Super Bowl. I enjoy the hype. I enjoy, you know, having that week off, the pregnant pause. You go over the trends. You get the pools out, the prop pools. Uh, I enjoy the stories here and the, the players, you know, where they came from, where they're going. Uh, you know, some of it gets old after a while, but I, you know, I, I am one that enjoys that two week off. So, um, I enjoy that during the weeks as well. Uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, it's so crazy from the Saturday, Sunday before, whether it's college football or NFL, I enjoy you having to be shut down and just not kind of think of it for a couple of days. That's why I'm, I'm not big on some of this off season stuff. It really just, Oh, who cares? You know what? And whatever sport, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, when the season is done, I'm done with it. I need to put it away for a couple of months. I, I really do. So that all said, I enjoy, you know, not really needing to talk about it for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Just, you know, fine. We'll get back into it on Thursday. But we haven't had that this week, and, you know, for obvious reasons. Is Mahomes going to play or not? And if he doesn't play, that that's obviously big, 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 big news. So we've had it every single day. And, you know, same thing even with the Sean Watson. It's not going away. What What's going to happen with this dude? Is he going to, you know, be traded? Is he going to demand a trade? You know, what's going on? So the latest, you know, and maybe that's why this week seems like it's going so long. Um, You know, the Deshaun Watson stuff, it, it just, it never seems to end. Uh, Richard Sherman, 49ers defensive back, was on the uh, Chris Collinsworth podcast. Seems like everyone does podcasts these days, including mine, which you can listen to if you'd like on my website, saying that the New York Jets would be the best landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Not the Dolphins, not the Jacksonville Jaguars, as I suggested yesterday, but the New York Jets. Now, I can't help but think he's a little skewed in his thinking because they just hired his former defensive coordinator as their head coach. I mean, if he wasn't there, I don't think he'd be saying the New York Jets. I mean, it's hard to make a case. You know, you have the Dolphins who have, you know, were a step away from going to the postseason this year. They got a, a terrific head coach. They got a terrific defense, unlike with the Texans. He's not going to be asked to score 35 points a game. You know, they need to get a running back, they do, but they got a pretty good offensive line. Uh, they got a halfway decent wide receiver. Uh, you know, I mean, so they have some pieces that they need, but they have some pieces there. Jacksonville, as I was suggesting, you got a big time running back in James Robinson. You got a pretty darn good receiver in Shark Jr. Um, you know, you're going to get a new head coach that's coming in. You know, it's going to be a lightning rod down in Jacksonville. There's going to be a lot of attention to your franchise. What do you have with the Jets? I mean, nothing. You don't have a wide receiver. You don't have a running back. You don't have a tight end. Your, your defense blows. You know, I, I mean, the, outside of you don't even have a home state, for goodness sakes. You, they're called the New York Jets when all their offices and their home field is in New Jersey. I mean, you know, you, it's a man without a country with the Jets. There's no reason why anybody should realistically say the New York Jets are a good situation. I, I, there, there isn't especially for, you know, somewhat of a veteran quarterback. So 
Nah, Rich, don't help us out here, brother. Come on. They just suggest the Dolphins. We, you know, put your alliances aside with the head coach and say what it really is. The Dolphins are the best. You don't want to go to Jacksonville because they're rock bottom. And, you know, you're four years in, five years into your career, with four or five, whatever it is. I mean, you know, you still have a good 10 years left, but who wants to start from rock bottom? You don't want that. You want to start with a franchise that's, you know, if you want to rock bottom, you just stay with the Houston Texans, for goodness sakes. You want to go to a franchise that, you know, is a step or two away from going to the playoffs. It's in a winnable division. Jets stink. You know, Patriots are going to be awful for a while. You know, Buffalo's got to be pretty good, but every division has at least one team. So, you know, the AFC is not exactly great. Uh, it's not like the NFC, which is loaded from top to bottom. You know, AFC, what do you have besides Kansas City, realistically? You know, you don't know what's going on with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Pittsburgh's on the decline. Cleveland has, you know, Baker Mayfield as your star quarterback, so they're in trouble. Buffalo's okay, but they never won a big game in their lives. You know, what do you have? The Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders? You know, you really don't. You know, the Tennessee Titans with the Ryan Tannehill, you know, how long is that going to last? So the conference itself is winnable as well. So stay, stay with the Dolphins. That that would be the run, Rich. You know, go on the podcast tomorrow and say you made a mistake. And uh, you have to say the Miami Dolphins, not the New York Jets. All right. Um, so uh, you know, Philip Rivers real quickly here. So Rivers announces his retirement yesterday. It's not going to affect anything on FanDuel betting-wise for next year. The futures haven't come out. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm surprised he's, he is retiring. You know, he was still effective this year. They clearly wanted him back. It was up to him. Head coach said that, you know, two weeks ago when they when they lost uh, against Buffalo. So is he as good as Brady? No. Is he as good as Breeze? No. Is he as good as Peyton Manning? No. Brett Favre? No. Uh, he's going to be fifth on the all-time list, you know, when he hangs him up this year. But, you know, he won't be fifth when everything is said and done, you know, when he gets into the Hall of Fame, as he will, as we've talked about before. But um, he's just, you know, he. I'm surprised he's going to retire. I really am. I, I thought he would play another year. I, I thought he would, would say, you know what? We reached the playoffs last year. We dealt with some injuries. T.Y. Hilton wasn't around for most of the season. We got a pretty good team. We're in a pretty good division. It's only us, really, and, and Tennessee. You know, maybe, just maybe, he'll change his mind come next, you know, summer, this upcoming summer, you know, when, when training camp starts and he's been home for, for a couple of months and he's bored out of his mind and, you know, do I really want to coach high school football? That'll always be there. I wonder, you know, I thought about this. I don't know what the situation is with that high school team, but I wonder if he feels obligated to the high school. They were going to give him the head coaching job last year. I know that. And then he said, oh, I'm going to come back. So they said, okay. And, I, you know, I don't know. I'm assuming they said, okay, you know what, whenever you're ready, the job is yours. But maybe not. You know, maybe they said, you know what, uh, you know, we, we need you to know now. <clears throat> I know we're only a dopey little high school, but, you know, we got responsibilities. And, you know, you're either going to take the job or we're going to go elsewhere. Maybe he thinks this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, that it's not worth playing in the NFL even for one more year. I mean, is that, you know, humanly possible that he would, you know, turn down an NFL job versus a high school head coaching job? Um, I don't know. You wouldn't think so, but. Maybe he just feels obligated more than anything else to this high school, even to the point where he won't play in the NFL another year. You wouldn't think so, but uh, it, it does seem a little strange that he clearly has the ability. You know, his arm strength is, is not quite what it was. Uh, he was never mobile to begin with, but he was effective this year. They did win a bunch of games. 
and they're not that far away. They're a playoff team. You know, they get the right breaks against the Colts or against the Bills, uh, and they win that football game, right? He's got a last-minute drive, and, uh, you know, they got into Buffalo territory, but they couldn't get it done. Interesting. Uh, two baseball things before we get to our NFL trends. Michael Brantley signs with the Houston Astros after everything is said and done. How about that? Word was uh, that he was going to uh, sign with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays after they got George Springer, which really would have made their outfield terrific, right? I mean, wow. Ends up getting two years, $32 million for Houston. I still think the Astros are a sinking ship, but... $16 million, played 46 games last year out of the 60 that the Astros played. Hit 305 homers, 22 RBIs. He's always hurt, though. Always, always hurt. But he's a pretty good player. That's a good signing for Houston. It is. And former Stanky pitcher J.A. Happ signs with the Minnesota Twins. Kenta Maeda, Jose Barrios, Michael Pineda, and J.A. Happ. Not bad. Not great, but you know what? Not not too bad. All right, get, uh, get your pad and pencils out for... Uh, Number one, not opposite picks, but NFL trends to help you play with the boys and fans. That's all coming up next right here on Opposite Picks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, anytime you get beat 38-10, it's hard to say it's not as bad as it looked. You know, they did a, they did a good job. You got to give them credit. Uh, they came, they were they were more prepared to play than than we than our group was. So, but I think you you always got to take everything you can out of every situation. You're always learning. I think our team has come a long way from that from from that day. But everything's just words at this point. You got to go out there and you got to have a great week of preparation. Then you got to go earn it on the field. So that'll be our mindset and. That's how we'll approach it. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur there talking about that uh, regular season. Well, that was a weird game. I remember watching. I'd like to take that game out again and see. You know, Green Bay jumped out to the 10-0 lead. Then Rodgers had the back-to-back pick sixes, and, and that was it. You know, that, that for all intents and purposes, the Green Bay offense was nowhere else to be found after that. I, I don't think Devontae Adams was available in that game. I got to go back to the box score. I don't. I don't think so. But it was a. You know, you get 38 points scored against you. A 38 unanswered point. That's a lot of points. Uh, weird, just because they played so well to start, 10 nothing, and. Um, you know, the Rodgers, like I said, the back-to-back pick sixes, I remember that, and then that was basically it. So, Green Bay ends up losing. So, here you go. Get out your pad and pencils here, uh, and we'll keep them out for opposite picks coming up in about 15 minutes. But first up, here are our conference title game trends. Now, both are rematches of regular season matchups, which, oddly enough, both were played in Week 6. Tampa Bay beat Green Bay 38-10. Kansas City beat Buffalo 26-17. If you remember, that was the game that was set for Sunday. Then it was moved to Monday. Then it was moved to Thursday. And they ended up playing it. It was technically week six, but that's the one they got pushed off so much. Uh, And Kansas City ends up winning in Buffalo 26-17. Now, teams that won the regular season games in these conference championship games, the rematches, the teams that won Tampa Bay, Kansas City, seven and two in the title game. Not bad. 
Teams that played on Saturday in the divisional round, Buffalo and Green Bay. This is interesting. 16-6 and six in the championship game the last 11 years, including 6-2 and two the last four. At least one team that played on Saturday, again, Buffalo-Green Bay, in the divisional round, has won the conference title game the following week in 14 of the last 15 seasons. So that's telling you either Buffalo or Green Bay is winning. Whether that that's a fluky thing, you know, I don't generally consider 14 out of 15 fluky. You know, having that one extra day off, is that really that that much? I mean, it's not like one less day off for the other team, you know, because the other team is on a you know normal Sunday to Sunday schedule, which they should be used to. So I, I you know, but at least one team on a Saturday has been able to win the championship round. You know, whether that those just happen to be the better teams, you can determine that. We just give you the facts. You can decipher them as you like. Nine AFC or NFC championship games over the last nine years have been rematches of the regular season. So if you think this is the first time it's happened, obviously not. Home team, Green Bay, Kansas City, has won the championship game in six of the last seven years. The only loss is Kansas City losing to the Patriots a couple of years ago. Otherwise, the home teams are undefeated. Not bad. That's you know you get that's that's what I said earlier. You're getting a lot of strong Green Bay trends. Number one seeds in the NFC: Green Bay, seventeen and nine straight up, 13, 12 and one against the spread in this round. Number one seeds in the AFC: Kansas City, fourteen and five, even better, straight up, ten and nine against the spread. So both of them against the spread, not exactly great. However, you know. Remember that for a second, because I got some stats on that. Um, away teams off a divisional round road game. Tampa Bay, they played at uh, New Orleans last week. Only, th- this one might be my favorite one. Only 12 and 28 straight up. 16 and, four, uh, 16 and 24 against the spread. And then those same teams, as a little addition here, Tampa Bay, when they're coming off a wild card road game, as they are, remember they played in Washington two weeks ago, only four and 14 straight up, five and 13 against the spread. So they're telling you it is very, very difficult to win back to back to back road games. It's only happened four times in NFL since 1980. These are all since 1980 when they expanded the postseason. Very, very difficult. Those are some monster numbers. Uh, you know, some trends are fluky and goofy and, eh, you know, and there are others that kind of stop you in your tracks. I told you the ones last week about the road teams winning in round number one, how they don't really win in round number two, and that came to fruition, you know, with the Browns and um, the Rams, although the Browns at least covered, but they weren't going to cover unless Mahomes got hurt. It took a fluke for that to occur. That this right here tells you something as well. So Buccaneers facing four and fourteen. It's not impossible. It's not like it's never happened, but it tells you it doesn't happen often. Teams that won seven or fewer games last season, i.e., Tampa Bay, just two and nine straight up, three and eight against the spread 
in this uh, title game since 2005. That one I'm going to throw out because this is a different Buccaneers team. If it was Jameis Winston, same cast of characters, okay, I'll give it some credence, but this is an entirely different Tampa Bay team, so I'm not going to put a whole lot into that. Here's where the uh, the against the spread, I was going to tell you to hold on to that before. Last 80 conference title games, straight up winner, 69-10-1 against the spread. Rarely does a team win this game and not cover. Now, I think that's a product of, I'm venturing to guess, I don't know, that most of these conference championship games are pretty, you know, low against the spread numbers, pretty low point spread numbers, you know, maybe not three, but I'm guessing most are four or less, Uh, but that's what these are, the three, three and a half, depending on where it ends up. So don't point being, don't try and pick a winner thinking, okay, you know what, this team's going to lose, but they're going to cover the spread. Uh, you could say, listen, it's a toss-up to me, so I might as well grab the three points, um, you know, because there are times where a team doesn't win and, and cover 10, but 10 out of 80, more than likely not going to happen. So, And then you don't necessarily have to fool around with the money line either. The, this says that they're going to cover. Home teams, uh, Green Bay and Kansas City, 55-25 and 25 straight up, 45-34-1 against the spread since 1980. Uh, 32 and 12 among those when they're a favorite of fewer than eight points, as both these teams are. In fact, 32 and 12 straight up, 29 and 15 against the spread. Uh, NFL playoff home teams who lost in the title round last year, i.e., Green Bay, 44 and 7 straight up, 35, 15 and 2 against the spread in the title rounds. Or, or in, in the postseason. I gave you those numbers last week. So, again, that's a lot of trends to say Green Bay. That's why that, if you're a Tampa Bay supporter, I guarantee you, as much as you can guarantee anything, that that line is going to go higher versus lower. If it goes anywhere, I, I'm telling you, people will base their predictions and money on these trends. These will become more and more, you know, once we deal with it right here on opposite picks, then the whole world's going to know about it, obviously. So you watch the line will go up. If you like Kansas City, you like, you know, Kansas City is a little different with Mahomes, but if you like Green Bay, I'd hop on board now. I, I would. As far as the game itself and some of the individual stats, we'll start with Tampa Bay. Uh, why will the Bucks win, Scott? Well, Tampa Bay beat Green Bay 38-10 in week six. You've done it once, do it again. Brady, 25-5 and straight up. 21 and 9 against the spread off a straight off a straight up underdog win as they were last week. Uh including 14 and 2 straight up against winning teams. So any notion that he can't, you know, win back-to-back dog games, forget about it. Why will the Packers win? I got about 17,000. I won't give you all those, but um uh there is a great trend out there. It's called never. Uh never has a team played in the Super Bowl in its home stadium which is what the Bucs are trying to do. 54 years of neverness. You don't buck a trend of 54 years of never happening. You just don't. But Tampa Bay's trying to do that. Um, Aaron Rodgers, 29-5 and five since 2009 in home games in uh, December and January. Think about it, 29-5. and five. Buccaneers, meanwhile, 1-17 and 17 all-time in freezing weather games. I remember when that stat was really talked about many years ago. 
Uh, I thought there was a couple of more in there, but they're saying one and seventeen. That's amazing. That 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 really is. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. There's a few more there, but uh, I'll give you Buffalo and Kansas City. Why are the Bills going to win? Uh, they actually beat Kansas City the last time that they were in a championship game, thirty to thirteen, way back when. Bills nine and one straight up against the spread their last ten games. Josh Allen. 13 and 8 straight up, 13 6 and 2 against the spread in road, ga- in road games during his career. That's pretty darn good. Kansas City, 0 8 and 1 against the spread their last nine games. They haven't won a football game by more than six points in, in two plus months. But again, they don't have to win. They just need to be there. And uh, Buffalo this year, 6 and 2 straight up versus playoff teams. Why are the Chefs going to win? They beat the Bills earlier this year. Can do it again. Home team has won 12 of the past 14 AFC title games. And Andy Reid. 21 and 12 straight up, 23 and 10 against the spread in his career versus AFC East teams, as obviously uh, the Flubbalo Bills are. So that one is pretty even. You know, maybe a couple of more slanted towards Kansas City, but it's the Green Bay one that really, you know, trend wise, the, the Bucks are really trying to, pardon the pun, buck a lot of trends for them to win that football game. All right, opposite picks coming up next right here on an opposite pick show on Tuesday, on Thursday, on January 21st. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. means time to take out the pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly most profitable five minutes in radio opposite picks what are opposite picks you newbies ask well we give you seven games seven thousand reasons why we like one team and then we go opposite why because despite all the stats trends hunches injury reports weather reports and everything else Nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas or FanDuel for that matter. Did have a little bit of a setback yesterday going one and four with two games not being played with the COVID-19 situation. So still though, 33 up and 16 down, 17 games over 500 going opposite. So here we go. We got another uh, seven pack for you today. We'll start in the NHL. Winnipeg laying a buck 30 at Ottawa. Senators were one of the worst teams in the league last year, and that shouldn't change for this year, and so far, it hasn't. They're just 1-2, while the Jets have realistic playoff hopes. They're 2-1, twice the team Ottawa is. Nice, easy road win for the Jets here, who were 2-0 versus Ottawa last year, outscoring them 10-3. These guys weren't even close. Love Winnipeg here as a small road favorite. Give me Ottawa plus the 110. NBA, Milwaukee laying one versus the Lakers. You know, there aren't many times I'd bet against the Lakers, but this will be one of them. Bucksfield cheated from last year after getting upset by Miami in the postseason and failing to meet the Lakers in the finals as they thought was their destiny. This is their championship now. I expect a monster effort out of the Bucs. L.A., meanwhile, poo-pooing this season. Anthony Davis, you know, he's only scored more than 20 points in just five of their 13 games. 20, not 30 or 40, 20. He doesn't score. He doesn't care. Lakers are 11-4, and four, but they don't really care about this regular season. Bucks, though, they're going to be out for blood tonight. At home, love Milwaukee. Give me the Lakers plus the one. 
Pick number three, Utah laying six and a half versus New Orleans. Yep, right back on the Jazz, who are now on a 6-0 straight up and against the spread run after beating these same Pelicans by 16 points Tuesday night. No reason to think they can't do it again. Back on their home court, Pelicans continue to struggle. Meanwhile, now losing six of seven. Boys in Vegas, they're giving you a gift making this line only six and a half. I mean, six and a half? Are you kidding me? Five of the Pelicans' eight losses have come by at least seven points. And don't forget, the Utah Jazz used to be the New Orleans Jazz. They love beating a snot out of their old city, even 41 years later. Love Utah to crush New Orleans again tonight. Give me New Orleans plus the six and a half. Pick number four. Iowa laying ten and a half versus Indiana. A little college basketball. Uh, college basketball. You know the Hawkeyes. They're they're a machine. They they really are in college hoops. They're crushing everybody, especially at home, where Iowa is nine and one straight up, and more importantly, eight and two against the spread. So not only winning on the court with the boys in Vegas as well. All nine of their home losses have come by thirteen points or more. And now all I have to do is lay ten and a half. Ah, the boys in Vegas are giving a freebie, saying we're only going to kick your ass in the NFL this weekend anyway. Indiana, meanwhile, has lost four of seven. They're going to get crushed tonight by Iowa. Give me Indiana plus the ten and a half. Pick number five, college hoops. Wichita State plus three at Memphis. Tigers gave head coach Penny Hardaway an extension at the beginning of the year, and it's been downhill ever since. They're only seven and five this season. And while you may be saying, well, that's not that bad, Mr. Vegas, uh, in honor of the late great Paul Harvey, uh, here's the rest of the story. Memphis is a putrid, money-burning, bookie-won't-answer-the-phone, computer-won't-log-on, 1-9 and nine against the spread this year, including seven straight spread losses. State, meanwhile, has won 6 of 7, covering 6 straight. Everything points to Wichita State tonight. Give me Memphis, line to three. Final pick, San Jose State plus six at New Mexico. What's this? New Mexico is not only a favorite, but a whopping six-point favorite. New Mexico, the biggest waste of human flesh in college basketball uniforms this year, is a favorite over anybody is amazing. They've won four games all season. Rice, Lady of the Lakes, whatever the fudge that is, Dixie State and Latorno Yellow Jackets. Who, who are they playing? Tour de France next? And this is basketball, not cycling, for goodness sakes. They've lost all but one of their eight games by double digits. They're getting smoked. They stink. And now they have to not only win, but win by seven points. Oh, you'd have to be the biggest bird brain, butthead, buffoon, dunce, dumbbell, dimwit, dork, dope, fool, Kyrie Irving, apologist, idiot, meathead, moron, jackass, and all the world to put American money on New Mexico. New Mexico, lay in the six. Our college, NBA, NHL, opposite picks. Thought we had seven, but we actually have six. Uh, Ottawa in the NHL, plus 110. Lakers, plus one. New Orleans, plus six and a half in the NBA. Indiana, plus ten and a half in college hoops. Memphis, lying three in college hoops. And uh, it pains me to say it, but uh, give me New Mexico, minus the six in college hoops as well. Opposite picks for this Thursday. January 21st. Yep. 
A little bit of a setback yesterday, but that you know it's gonna happen. You're not you're not gonna go uh, six and one, five and two, four and two as we've done every single day. We lost yesterday on St. Louis in, in the NHL in overtime to San Jose. Uh, Vancouver in overtime beat Montreal. So we had a couple of tough losses there. Sacramento plus 11 lost against the Clippers. I really did. I mean, listen, I love all these, but uh, um, the Clippers, they're not losing to Sacramento. They're, they're playing great, and Sacramento's playing lousy. Uh, we lost on Portland. Well, there was no game Portland and Memphis. And uh, we lost with Kentucky laying three and a half against Georgia, which had a six-point lead with two minutes left, but they lost the game outright. Our only winner last night was Minnesota plus four against Orlando. Uh, they lost the game, but they did cover the spread as Orlando hit a jumper at the buzzer, a three-pointer to win by one. So one and four uh, with uh, one of the games. Oh, and uh, under Texas A&M Vandy, that wasn't played either. I knew there were two there. Uh, the, the no game on that one. So we had uh, one and four and two pushes. Overall, or two no games. So our overall record, 33 and 16. Not bad. I post it on the website, you know, generally right after the show. Always get a lot of emails. As much as I say that, I, I get the three, four emails every single day, which is a beautiful thing. That means we're catching on and people are listening more and more, which is great, either on Sirius XM or uh, Channel 204 or many of the radio affiliates around the country. And I know you're driving to work, which is why I put it on the website. Hard to write this stuff down. And we've been so successful. You don't obviously want to miss it. So I do put it on the website, oppositepicks.com, generally right after the show. You know, a half hour or so, but at, at worst by one o'clock Eastern time. So uh, go there and then uh, I, I condense it down a little bit, but the picks are there and all the other pools that we run are all uh, there as well. All right, 844 843 6879. Again, 844-843-6879. It is, I, I do like some of these plays tonight. You know, some days you're okay, you, you kind of press the envelope a little bit, but, but others like really, really, you know, and I really do like these plays tonight. So this, I, I get the sense that today's going to be a real good opposite picks day. Real, real good. It is amazing that Memphis, Wichita State one. Wichita State's covered six in a row. Memphis one and nine against the spread. Yeah, you watch them win by like 15 tonight. <laughs> it is just amazing how this stuff uh, works itself out. So we gave you all the trends for the NFL. Tomorrow, we'll run down some of the prop plays. Uh, I'll, I'll look at the Packer one uh, and Kennedy, both games. And we'll spend some time looking at some of the props because we've been pretty good with the postseason with, with the props. I do like some of this stuff. You know what? My favorites uh, is Tom Brady in these playoff games. Now, it didn't happen, I must admit. It did not happen last week against New Orleans. He did not hit his – you know, they, they got the – you know, FanDuel got smart. They, they listen to the show. They, they, they do. And I told you how much uh, – how often that Tom Brady, his over-attempts props bet always, always hits in these playoff games, right? But last week – you know, with the Saints controlling the football, a good portion of the time, um, it's one of those fluky things where it did not hit. You know, it, but they bumped it up to 39 and a half. You know, generally it's been around 37, 38 and a half. Let's see what FanDuel has so far. And yeah, see, it's back up to 39 and a half. It's tough asking a guy to throw the football 40 times. You know what it boils down to? It boils down to who has the football at the end of the first half. What's that got to do with anything, Scott? Well, you get you have four to six cheap pass attempts. If they have the football with a minute and a half left, you know, they always, always, always move down the field, dink and dunk their way down the field, throwing the football. No more running, no more taking, you know, 30 seconds off the play clock. They're getting to the line of scrimmage. They get some quick first downs. And you get an extra four to six pass attempts. If 
the uh, Bucks in this case with Brady don't have the football and the Packers have the football at the end of the first half, then it's the Packers and Aaron Rodgers getting those free, if you will, five or six, seven pass attempts. And that's generally where it all boils down to. You know, no matter what prop it is, there's always like a key. This is really the focus. This is really what they're asking you, you know, and that's what you're betting on. Tampa Bay has the football. I bet is over 39 and a half hits. If the Packers have the football for the final two minutes and Brady can't have those uh, cheap five, six, maybe even seven pass attempts, then it's tough to have 40 pass attempts in a football game. So that's what you're betting on. I think it will, but boy, like I said, it's amazing how they have it at 39 and a half, just even 38 and a half. There's something psychological about, uh, psychological about, I, I need this guy to throw 40 times. 40? Wow. Um, but I think he will. But hold off on the weather. Maybe we'll get some bad weather. Maybe that'll come down. Love to see that come down to, uh, you know, to 37 and a half. Rodgers is 36 and a half. Now, Rodgers, you know, their running game was a little bit better than the uh, the Bucks' running game. But, again, the one thing I like about this game and the one thing I like about the overs on some of these props, whether it's uh, pass attempts or rushing yards or whatever, I don't, I don't think either team's going to go out of character. And that, that's the key for me with these games. Uh, if it's uh, Tampa Bay versus, I don't know, pick a team that, uh, you know, can run, can throw. And that team will say, boy, we got to keep the ball away from Tampa Bay. Uh, or, or, you know, Tampa Bay in the case of the Packers, boy, we got to keep the ball away from, from Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to run the football a little bit more than what we normally do. I, there's, there's no way Tampa Bay is going into that game thinking that way. And there's no way Green Bay is going into that game. Now, they do have Aaron, you know, uh, they do have uh, Jones, Aaron Jones, who's a little bit better. But I don't think they're not backing down. They're not afraid. They're not thinking we got to keep the ball away from Brady. No, they're, they're going to, they're smart. Matt LaFour is going to say, you know what, uh, Aaron, uh, we screwed you over with the draft. We didn't get you any wide receivers. We took your backup quarterback. You know what, though? This is your game. It's home. First time NFC Championship game for you. Game plan is you're going to throw the football 40 times. I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't do that. I really would. So I probably like right now, and I'll go over the numbers today, and we'll do it tomorrow. But, I, you know, initially I like the Aaron Rodgers over 37 or over 36 and a half. More than I do the Tom Brady. I do. I, I don't, like I said, I, I don't think they're going to go into this game backing down at all. I think they're going to say, here you go. Go throw the football, Aaron. Go, go do what you have to do. Get it out of your system. There'll be no excuses. There'll be no bitching, no complaining. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. We, 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 you know, they, they can't be so naive to think that they can run the ball on Tampa Bay. So I, I like the over on that one. But we'll do all that tomorrow for sure. All right, we'll take a break. Close up shop with some uh, stories that we didn't have time to get into too, too much. And we'll update our poll question as well. Right here on the Nopas of Picks Thursday morning, 53 past the hour. Scott Wilson sitting in. Sirius XM Channel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Then our poll question one more time. Uh, Nets had Durant, Harden, and Irving on the court last night for the first time. So uh, throughout the little popcorn radio, replacement radio stuff, uh, biggest, best big three ever. Uh, Irving Aikman Smith leading the way. How about that? Just under 48%. Uh, LeBron Wade Bosch getting 27%. Other getting 21%, and uh, we must not have any old folks uh, listening, So, which is, I guess, a good thing. I don't know. Greasy Zonka Warfield, greatest football team in the history of mankind, undefeated season, and they're getting no love whatsoever, only uh, 42% of the vote. So, uh, or 4% uh, of the vote. Some of the uh, others uh, included some hockey stuff, which I figured some of the Islander stuff and, and some of the uh, Parrish McHale birds, star horning Taylor from Boston. Eric put in there, not, not too bad. So uh, the vote will be up there. All uh, also Duncan Ginobili Parker from our good buddy Andy down in San Antonio. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Gretzky Messier coffee is real good too from uh, from Stephen. Uh, another hockey reference there. So that'll be posted all day long. So go ahead get your vote in, and we'll update that obviously as we always do uh, the next morning before we do our normal poll. Uh, a couple of other stories here. Nothing crazy. Uh, the Athletic is reporting the Chicago Bears are interviewing Mike Singletary for the defensive coordinator position. Uh, that, that's interesting. He's been out of football for a little while. He was in one of the goofy leagues, whether it was the XFL uh, or one of the other ones. I, I forget where. Doug Marone, fired head coach of Jacksonville, uh, reached an agreement to become the offensive line coach at Alabama. Former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson says he's probably going to sit out this upcoming season. Uh, the brother of Bears Hall of Famer, Brian Erlacher, pardoned uh, a federal gambling charges, basically multi-million dollar illegal offshore gambling ring. Uh, and the president said uh, no problem whatsoever. So good job by the phone callers, emailers, and tweeters. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Don't forget our picks will be in tomorrow. And uh, we'll do all the uh, prop plays for the upcoming weekend games tomorrow as well. Go to the website, opsandpicks.com. Be safe. Enjoy your Thursday. And wear those masks. God bless from Sirius XM Channel 12. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge or don't.